Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. I am here today, Jamal Crook, joined with Don Wetrick. What's going on, Don? I'm enjoying this one. Uh, yeah, you told me about what we're going to talk about today, and I got some opinions. So, excited. <laughs> so, so, so just, just for the listeners, today we're talking about the necessity of leadership and coaching. Necessity of leadership and coaching. And there are about five things or four things we really wanna we really wanna touch on. But let's let's just jump right into the first one. Right? Let me ask you this question. Does a coach or a leader have to have pragmatic experience in um that field to be a great coach or leader? Leader, I don't know. Coach, yes. I, I I strongly disagree with you. Are we talking about sports or anything? Sports, sports, and anything else. Mm. Yeah, I think that they have had to have done at least a little bit. They've had to have had a taste. Okay, so so here 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 is where I'm coming from. If you look at, and I did like a little bit of research today, which kind of inspired this this episode. Um, when you look across um, the NBA. Right. Um, I remember Kevin Garnett saying uh, a couple years ago when he had his show, he says, you know, you know, a lot of the coaches have never played the game at all. Some of them have definitely never played in the NBA. He says, so what sometimes what they teach you is um, to go in and, and do like a little a little hook shot. He says, but like, man, I'm telling young people just to dunk because you have the ability to dunk. So they coach in a way that everybody can execute the moves, right? Which kind of supports what it is that you're saying. But then when you go around and you look at some of the the greatest coaches in in sports right now, uh, or or even in the NBA, Greg Popovich and Eric Spoelstra never played in the NBA at all. They have zero experience playing basketball in the NBA. However, Greg Popovich is arguably the greatest coach in NBA history. Um, the only person who it pales in comparison to Greg Popovich is Phil Jackson. And then you have Eric Spolstra, who coached LeBron James in his first year as a head coach. And then three and, and a year later, he led LeBron James to his first title. And he led LeBron James to his second title in consecutive years. And he still doesn't have any, any NBA playing experience, but he has championship experience at the highest level as a coach. And he coached the, the best player in the world. Yeah. And a, and, a, and a clock without batteries is correct twice a day. Well, well, these guys have been <laughs> these these guys have been correct. Okay, so yeah. I don't I don't want to be snarky. Uh, I'm I'm happy that Eric, and I'm not even going to turn this into a sports episode because I know yeah. we're bigger than that. But Eric Spolster also hasn't won a title without LeBron James. And uh, I understand that they're in the NBA Finals. I really don't watch the NBA anymore, and I'm completely bored with it. But. Aside from that, uh, you know what? You, you got me on the Greg Popovich thing. Now, he's a great leader. Now, obviously, he's played basketball. So, you know, you got a point. Uh, I, actually, it's funny. You're you almost ammunition for you is that one of my favorite books is by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talks about the fact that um, 
sometimes people without any insight overlook, they don't overlook the obvious things. He was talking about this guy that knew a lot about soccer or football, Mm -hmm. but he didn't know anything about girls basketball. And he was dominant because he was basically bringing the insights of soccer or maybe it was rugby to, to, to uh, basketball. So uh, you, you got a point, you got a point. However, however, I, okay, so let me know what you think about this. Oh boy, I already know a counter argument. Daggone it, Jamal. Okay, let's go down this, let's go down this path anyway. Um, one of the things that used to set me off was that I would be sitting in um, the audience on that first kickoff of school. Yeah. And somebody that would be a, I'm going to use my snarky air quotes, an educational expert. Right. They were telling me what I should do with kids. And upon further review, I had realized and looked up that this person had never actually worked with kids. Perfect. But he was telling me how I should work with kids. Mm-hmm. I now full transparency. Maybe it was just, I don't know. Like I'm just, I'm skeptical and or cynical on that. Now, that being said, one of my favorite guys um, in leadership is Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. What kind of company has he led? He hasn't. Right. Dan Pink talked about how great successful companies innovate. Has he ever led a company? Nope. Nope. So, touche. Uh, you're, you're, you're making a point here. So, I don't like it, but you're making a point. So, I'm, I'm so happy you brought that story up because I'm going to use that story as, as a stepping stone to, to conceptualize this concept. Wherever you are, right, especially if you like, let's talk about schools for a second because that's part of our focus as a show. Wherever you are, if you are a newly appointed administrator, a principal, a newly appointed coach, or a teacher with, with zero experience, I want to I wanna conceptualize something for you. Right. Tiger Woods at one point was the greatest golfing player, a golfer on the planet. Right. He was considered number one by everyone, especially in his red shirt prime is what I call it. The guy was unbeatable. Right. Comparison to Jack Nicholas, but not Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson. (laughs) But but you know what Tiger had? He had a coach. He had someone, as a matter of fact, that coached him who was not considered the number one golfer in the world. As a matter of fact, the guy that coached him probably probably never did what he did. Well, Tiger Woods has made history. Um, there's only one golfer greater than him, and I just mentioned his name. Um, but, but the guy told Tiger how to play the game and led him to a lot of his success because here's here's the thing about coaching and leadership right leadership is simply influence right a a a coach that has uh influence right is a leader within his own right or anyone but when you get into the art of coaching it's not necessarily that you have to be able to perform the task but you have to be able to conceptualize and give feedback on that task to help an individual grow. Uh, Thirdly, all professionals have coaches. All professionals have coaches. Only amateurs don't have coaches. 
that's a good statement. Um, matter of fact, uh, you know of my frugality. I like uh, a discount. I don't like paying for things that I don't have to, like painting. I've never wanted someone to come to my house and paint because it's not that difficult. The taping and the prep work is the hard work and painting's actually not that difficult. So when I was asked to get a coach to start our nonprofit, I was like, that's just silly. I'll mm -hmm. figure this out. And I learned so much from our performance slash you know, business coach. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. However, mm, okay, so let, 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 me, let me throw this at you though. Wouldn't it be odd, and I'm, I'm just gonna make fun of, um, gosh, I, I, I'm gonna make light of something. Mm -hmm. uh, who was, the, who was the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach last year that I assumed got let go? No, he's still there. Bruce Arians. It was a quarterback. Okay. Okay. Like, you're right. Okay. Well, so who was the coach before Bruce Arians? Oh, man. Don't make me lie to you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, was it Raheem Morrison? Okay. I think so it was. would it be strange for Raheem Morrison to... No, uh, it was Greg Shiano or Raheem. It was Greg Shiano. Okay. So uh, would it be strange for him to sell tickets to a symposium called How to Win a Super Bowl? Who, Bruce Arians? No the, no, the guy that you couldn't remember because he was so unspectacular. Raheem Morrison? I believe he was part of a, a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl coaching staff. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to fact check. Well, because I was going to give the term like uh, Chuck Pagano. So Chuck Pagano was with the Colts, but I believe he was with a Super Bowl winning team as an assistant coach. So, you know, I, you, know you, you get my point. Yeah. Uh, a really average a really average coach that has been sub 500 and has bounced around the league. And then they try to sell tickets at a thing called how to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Would anybody take them seriously? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing in, in, in which, which adds to the point influence is key in coaching. Influence is key in coaching. So there's a group of people that he, has influence with and there's a group of people that he doesn't have influence with obviously people who have won the super bowl right um are going to be able obviously people who have won the super bowl are not going to be influenced by him but somebody like me who has no coaching experience i mean i have coaching experience but somebody like no nfl coaching experience there's something that i can learn from that guy so if, so if i'm a if i'm an assistant at some, you know, at some NFL team, I can go and listen to him and gain some insights, right? Because like you said, even a broken clock is right at least two times a day, right? So there's, there is something that he offers that will lead me to my next steps, which is part of coaching. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. That's the, the influences there. I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to do this to be a counterpoint because in, in retrospect, I, I agree with you. Like there's some people that just know how to both motivate and then quite frankly, um, project manage people. Heck, I remember just when, <laughs> in some ways, I'm, I'm really going to paint myself in a corner if I don't be careful. The reason why innovation and open source learning class was a, a success is that a student would tell me I'm working on a project of which I never had any experience in. 
but right. then I, but then I counted on them open sourcing and, and learning from people that were smarter than me. I just guided them through a process and told them to set goals and understood goals and processes. Exactly. And the thing is, so, so now which goes back to the school uh, thing and, and it's perfectly set up. I have never taught a math class. I have never taught a history class. I have never taught a technology class. The only class that I ever taught was a biology class. And, it, and, and I, taught a, I called a, taught a class called AVID, which was a college and career, uh, career readiness program, right? For under, historically underserved students. Shout out to AVID, right? <laughs> but, but I am expected to give feedback to the history teacher. I am expected to give feedback to the math teacher. I am expected to give feedback to all teachers who teach all of the different subjects in which I've never taught, right? So if, if, if we take that same theory and apply it to schools, then that means that there are a lot of people who are unable to move people forward in their profession, right? But the thing, the thing is, that's not the case, right? Because here, here is, here is the, the point that I'm really trying to make is, if I can increase my influence with a individual, and I can go in and I can, and I can look at empirical data of the class. In all classes, students need to be engaged, right? If, if Chuck Pagano is teaching uh, a, a clinic on how to win the Super Bowl, all defensive players need, need to run to the ball, right? All quarterbacks need to be able to throw an in route, an out route, and a fade, right? There, there are principles that, that, that are consistent no matter what it is that you do within the realm of an organization or a field of study, right? So all students need to be engaged. Do students need the opportunity to um, discuss? Yes. Do students need to be aware of the criteria by which they're being assessed? Yes. Do students need to be um, able to give feedback to their peers to conceptualize knowledge? Yes. If I, can, if I go into a math classroom and those things are not happening, I am within my full realm of influence and my coaching ability to give that teacher feedback on the process and not so much the content. Because the content is irrelevant if the actions that lead to mastery of the content are not there. Mm. Yeah, I, boy, I, I really wanna argue with you, but no, that's, that's, that's pretty good. I, I agree with that. I, I, I think, the only thing that's going on in my mind, and, and, and I think one of the reasons why you're probably bringing this up is that I have been um, somewhat critical of, of well, no, okay, let, let, me, let me throw this at you. Um, you're saying everything I believe because this is making sense. I have seen some people that are giving sometimes empty platitudes as, as prescriptions to how to fix something, and I can tell that they've never done it. And quite frankly, have never seen it in action. Mm-hmm. How about that? Because, because like, I, I think as you know, when I was talking about the the person giving an example that he had never worked with with kids and all that sort of stuff, the things that they were saying just weren't resonating. Or quite frankly, that I just <laughs> I'm trying not to hurt anybody's feelings here. One time there was a a blogger uh, talking about innovation in our schools, and it was very, um, I think, hyperbolic. And the students, I had them read it. And, and I'll say this, the guy took it pretty well because uh, they were just calling him out like, this guy's never done the things that he's saying that we mm-hmm. should do. 
and they were just and so i i I DM'd him. I'm like, Hey man, we're having, we're going to town on your blog. And my students think that you're full of it. And mm-hmm. it was quite interesting. And mm-hmm. the sense that he's like, actually he asked me to put him on a Periscope. This is back mm-hmm. in, when Periscope was hot. Yeah. Uh, or, or at least, you know, hear some audio from them. And yeah. uh, my students were like, like some of the things he was saying, like, again, just he had never done it. Okay. To your credit, like you said, you don't have to, but it just wasn't resonating and it wasn't good advice. Mm-hmm. And they knew it wasn't a good advice because like, you know, using a sports metaphor, this would be like, you know, a guy that, again, um, you know, uh, Curtis Painter uh, stepped in and filled out the rest of the season for the Annapolis Colts after Peyton got hurt. Mm-hmm. If, if he were to like all of a sudden say, well, here's what you need to do. And he's talking about doing a game winning drive he not only didn't do a game-winning drive, but if his advice was like, you know, you should try to throw an interception because when the fullback intercepts it, that guy is so awkward, you'll be able to strip that guy of the ball and then run it for a first out. Correct. Like, you're like, no. Right. That's horrible <laughs> advice. No, no. no. <laughs> so interception to the fullback, is, it's definitely a um, completion. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, yeah. Sorry. Yes, uh, my football but, knowledge. But yeah, throw, throw it through a defensive back. And, but yeah, I mean, like, which if it's bad advice, and, and so sometimes like clever advice or like shocking and I'm on the edge advice w- w- can come to the forefront and people are like, oh, that's so bold. I'm like, hey, if you haven't done it, then stop. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, you don't have, have to have done it, but if the advice is just freaking awful right or, it, or they've never done it and, and and other people have and it just didn't work then i get i get skeptical there 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 there's definitely an argument for people who have empirical knowledge or empirical experience within a field right um but but then but then you also have um the the concept of you look at people like mike leach um Mike Leach is probably one of the best coaches in the country as, as it relates to his consistency, but the, but the guy never really played football. He may have played football in high school for a moment, but he wasn't good enough to, to make it out of high school. I don't think the guy played little league. If you go do a little research on Mike Leach, he ain't played nothing, but the guy's a champion in with, within every conference that he goes to, he had the, the Texas, Texas tech rolling. At one point, he lost his temper, got fired from that job, goes to Washington, makes those guys a winner. Now he's at, now he's in the SEC, um, and I'm curious to see what 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 he's going to do. There are a lot of there are a lot of people who have never played. But going back to your point, if the information is terrible, right, then it's up to the experts to decipher whether or not, or people who have empirical knowledge of that field to be like, that's trash. Like I know it's trash and I'm not going to listen to it, which goes to the extent of influence. Right. Because, because you have people like Simon Sinek and Daniel Pink who have never led an organization, but give sound, solid principled advice on how to. Yeah, again, you're using you're using my people, my favorite people against me, which is good. It's good. So, but, but again, like sound solid advice is where we can both agree. Because right. every now and then people want to come across edgy or contrarian, and that's okay if it's good solid sound advice. Every now and then just to sound sound hyperbolic or or, or like, oh, what a maverick. 
you know, I, I saw somebody on, on, um, well, actually, this is before I deleted all my Twitter from my phone. But this person, like, we need to tear the system down and start over. I'm like, okay, what does that look like? Right. I mean, like, yeah, the entire system's corrupt. Oh, 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 oh okay. What's your solution there? Right. So that's that's where I have problems. So 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 here here is where I say leadership in itself is a skill. Leadership and coaching in itself is a skill. There are people who have mastered the art of leadership and the art of coaching who have never done anything within that field. Don, I promise you, I promise you this. You can give me any topic at any, for any class at any school and I'll be able to teach it within an hour. I'll be able to teach because, yeah. because I understand basic principles to teaching. I realized that I don't have to know everything to teach a concept. I just got to know how to teach concepts, right? That's, right. that's me and my field. And I, how to lead people and how to motivate people. Yeah, how to motivate. Yeah. Yeah. I excel in those areas, right? So, but, but I, have, I, have a, I have a story and I may butcher it a little bit, but I want to give you the, the, the main nuggets of it. So, so there, was a, there was a Chinese emperor who had just finished the completion of unifying uh, China, right? And this is like an old parable. So this, this is not a true story, but it's going to prove a point. So, so, and so they had this big old festival, this big old feast, right? And they were honoring um, the, the emperor for his success. At the table were uh, distinguished people like his general, um, the, the guy who oversaw politics, and um, some of his other esteemed guests. Also at the table were three young disciples and one master who was there just for the sake of showing them um, how to be uh, a part of that culture. So as they were sitting there and they were giving all of like the gratitude and, and everything, uh, the young disciples are like, man, what is going on? They started to get irritated because, because they were looking around and trying to figure out why in the world is the emperor being honored so much. So the, um, the master was like, what's going on? Like, how do you feel? Uh, why do you seem so irritated? And they didn't say anything, but the, but the master pushed. He says, tell me. He says that one of the disciples spoke up. He says, what I don't understand is, I understand why the general is here. He has won every battle that he's ever gone into. He has, um, he's, he's a strategic mastermind. So I understand why he's being honored. He says, the other guy right there, the, the man who's over the, the politics, he says, I understand why he's being honored because during the war, they had to manage relationships between all the people to unify China once again. Um, so he dealt with the political unrest. He says, but what I don't get is why the emperor is being honored so much. So the master said, ah, I see the issue. You don't, you don't fully understand. He says, um, he says, consider a wheel with spokes, right? He says, if those spokes are not evenly distributed, what happens to the wheel? And one of the, one of the people spoke up. He said, um, uh, what happens to the wheel is it, it doesn't function properly. He says, exactly. He says, so, he says, so while the, the, the people who actually have, who, who gone out in the field, they're talented at what they do. The emperor's gift is ensuring that all of the spokes on a wheel are evenly spaced out in their appropriate places and they get the adequate recognition for what it is that they do. 
And it was at that moment that the young, that the young uh, disciples realized the importance of influence and leadership. I like that. that that's actually a story we're sharing to a class, just in general, <laughs> not just a, mm. So, so I, I say all that to say this, as it relates to, I like if you, especially if you're in a school, and this is something that we all struggle with as, as new leaders and educators. If you're, if you're a new academic coach, if you are a teacher who aspires to help other teachers be more successful, if you have any, any point of or desire to lead people, and to, to coach because leadership is influence. And then after the influence, you got to be able to push people forward. And that's where the coaching comes in at. But, but, but if, if you have that, you don't have to have it all figured out before you begin to help people advance, to help people move forward. You have to, you have to number one, have sound advice, right? You have to be able to understand the concepts. You don't necessarily have to have done it, but you have to understand those concepts um, to move people forward. But but I, I really want to encourage everyone who's new at their role, because we all struggle with uh, uh, what, what we call, I forgot the proper term for, for it, but we don't want to be found out as frauds. So just because you've never done a strategy in in your own class and later on you you've gone to a conference you got some training and there's a strategy that you think would benefit kids that you feel like you can pull off in your class if you were still teaching and you want to share that strategy with the teachers who you called to lead then go ahead and share that strategy give them adequate resources and support and then help them move towards that because essentially when you move into the profession of being a professional all professionals have coaches and no Tiger Woods coach could not play at the level that Tiger Woods did, but he could tell him like, Hey man, you need to keep your wrist straight when you are, you know, hitting a short shot or you need to make sure that your toe is uh, sticking out because he was able to see from a vantage point that Tiger Woods could not see. Imagine holding a dime, right? You having a problem the size of a dime. If you hold that dime right up close to your eye, then you, you really can't make out anything that's on that dime. But when you pull that dime a little bit further away from your face, you're able to see exactly what's going on. The perspective of the player or the one who needs to receive coach is always that of, of the individual who has the dime right up to their eye. It is your job as a coach to, to have the vantage point. I can see the whole dime. I can see the whole problem. Here's what I see. And you have to lead that individual to, to, to the same vantage point that you have. I like that, especially, you know, um, when you start talking about, but well, Butch Harmon is the swing coach name and there yeah, the, the, you had me at vantage point. Um, I, I, again, that's, I think that's the difference between somebody saying something hyperbolic and edgy and they haven't had a vantage point. They're just assuming, or they think that it sounds cool or they think that it might sound like it's controversial as opposed to somebody that has been a, I, like obviously Butch Harmon probably played some, but then he convinced other people to along the way break down their swing. And then over time he started to assess again and again and again, what worked and what didn't. So vantage point and feedback are, I think the, the most crucial things you were hitting on. Mike Tomlin said this and for all my Mike Tomlin fans, I heard him in an interview 
like 10 years ago, say something to the effect of, he says, the reason I became a coach is because I wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. But he had some insights and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's good because, um, you know, it's not that you didn't have some insights and a lot of times that you weren't adding to your vantage point. You know, if Mike Tomlin wasn't good enough, it's be, he at least had a seat on the bench where he was watching some of the greats play and thinking, I saw something there and I could add something. And, and that I also think is a, is a darn, darn good point. All right, All right man. So remember, Adam Gates has a job right now. The guy has never played a snap of football in his life. Head coach of the New York Jets. Not doing a good job, but he's still a head coach. Let that sit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All righty, man. Well, Jamal, as always, good debate, good talks. Uh, you won this time. Because <laughs> the more I kept trying to defend him, I'm like, oh, you're good. You're, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think. Um, you know, uh, do leaders need to have done it or can they take their vantage points and, and um, provide insight on process? Love to have you. All right, man. Jamal, take us out. All right. This is Jamal Crook with Don Wettrick reminding you that opportunities are everywhere.